0: I'm going to read a parable about the wise and foolish virgins out of Matthew 25, beginning with verse one. It says, "Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise, and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps." But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Understand today that oil in the Bible is often used to symbolize the powerful anointing of the Holy Ghost. And the anointing is powerful. The anointing breaks yokes and destroys burdens. The anointing gives us the edge that we need to do things we cannot do ourselves or in the flesh. How many recognize today we need the anointing... All my life of ministry, I've cherished the anointing. Oil, in many ways, is the visible representation of the invisible work of the Holy Ghost. In fact, when things in the Old Testament were going to be used, they would be anointed with oil as a symbol as they were being set aside for the sole purpose and for the sole use of the ministry of God. In the scriptures, God would speak to the priest and he would instruct him to take the horn of oil and anoint everything in the house of God. And I begin to imagine the priest as he walked through the front doors of the church, then, or the, the, the building, the sanctuary. He must have stopped at the front doors and anointed the doors with oil. He must have anointed the foyer. He must have anointed the hallways. He must have anointed the ushers and the greeters on the way in. He must have anointed every chair and every pew. And he must have anointed every instrument he could get his hands on everything in the house of God got anointed with oil and I don't know about you but even in this modern more sophisticated day and age we're living in in 2024 I still believe everything still ought to be anointed let the greeters be anointed let the ushers be anointed let the singers be anointed let the musicians be anointed let the preacher be anointed let the secretary be anointed let the Sunday school teacher be anointed let the preacher come on let the congregation be anointed let everything in the house of God be anointed anointed one of the problems in the church today is that many sitting in the pews have taken on this mindset that the anointing is only for a select group of people but can I tell you that is absolutely false today Some people are saying, oh, just a little dab will do me. But but let me tell somebody today that the God that we serve, the God that we've experienced today already has not run out of oil. There is no oil shortage in heaven. There is enough oil for the preacher and the teacher and the singer. There's enough oil for the usher and the greeter. There's enough oil for every member in this place today. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God's got some oil for you today. The text we read in Matthew 25 again is the parable about ten virgins. And in this parable, it deals with mindsets. It deals with uncertainties concerning the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many believe He's coming back soon? In this parable, it deals with, the both, with both faithfulness and wisdom. In this parable, we find hypocrites being exposed. We find a, a sharp contrast of the talkers and the walkers, the saints and the aints. Those who say they've got the goods and those who actually possess the goods. Come on. Those whose vessels are full and those who are empty, those who would be foolish to live on nothing or try to get somebody else's and borrow somebody else's when the time comes. Jesus begins speaking in this parable and he begins by identifying ten virgins and as he continues he divides these virgins into two categories and to me it's interesting that all ten virgins had the same things in common. All ten virgins all had access to a lamp. They had access to oil. They had access to the knowledge and understanding that the bridegroom was soon to come back. But as we read and the story continues, we find that five of them he called wise because they had kept their vessels full of oil, but five he called foolish because they were trying to live on borrowing somebody else's oil and anointing. That's the same thing that's happening in church today. Can I tell you today, church, every one of us in this room, everyone watching today, has the same. Access to the same services, to the same prayer meetings, to the same Bible, the Word of God. We have the same access to worship experience. Yet there are people in the church who would try to live on borrowed oil or somebody else's anointing. And what I want you to do, what I want to do for just a moment this morning is focus on five the five wise virgins on what they did to avoid the fatal mistake of running out of oil. I don't want to run out of oil. I don't want to just breeze through life and run out of the anointing on my life and and realize that my, my, my vessel is empty. And in that moment, I don't want to have to turn to somebody and say, oh, can I have some of yours? Can I borrow some of yours? In this parable, when those that run out of oil did that, the other five said, no, you go get your own. I want to show you just a few quick things to keep you from running out of oil in 2024 because we need the anointing more than we've ever needed at church. The first thing these virgins did was they were willing to pay the price for their oil. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, are you willing to pay the price today? You see, the lamps of their day were fueled by a type of olive oil Today, me and you can run down to Ingalls or we can go to Walmart. We can purchase a bottle of oil. But when they needed oil for their lamps, there was a process they had to engage in in order to get it. And the type of oil their lamps ran on was a type of oil called beading oil. And it was named because of the process they had to go through to get it. When these virgins needed oil for their lamps, they would go out first, they would find a pole or a bamboo stick, and they would go to that olive tree, and they would take that pole, and they would begin to to beat upon the trunk of that tree as hard as they could. And as they stood there beating the trunk of that tree, eventually the branches on that tree would begin to shake in such a violent manner and sway back and forth that, 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 that the branches would shake and the olives would begin to fall down to the ground after that they would pick up all of the olives that had fallen they would then take big rocks in their hands and they would begin to pound on those olives until they became a pulp like substance and then after that way, they would gather up all the pulp like substance and they would run it and take it down to the oil press And the oil press was a machine that would squeeze that pulp-like substance until an oil would begin to flow out of it can I tell you today if you and I are going to have oil in our lamps if we're going to be anointed if we're going to be set apart if we're going to be used by God in 2024 we've got to get a hold of the fact that there is a process we must go through I ask you today how many want to be anointed how many have been asking to be anointed how many have been praying Lord anoint me set me apart use me for ministry use me for your glory well let me tell you about the process because when you hear about the process you might want to change your mind See, whenever we start praying, God, I want to be used by you. I want to be anointed. I want to be set apart, God. I want to preach. I want to sing. I want to serve. I want to do this. Oh, God, I want to be able to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Lord, I want to walk by and somebody gets in my shadow like Peter. I want to see them healed. And I believe God can do all of those things. But when you start praying and say, God, anoint me, God says, fine, that's good. I want to use you, but I'm going to have to take you through a process. And the first thing that he will allow us to go through is, is to go through things that will cause a shaking in our lives. The branches of our security will begin to shake and He'll begin to set us free just like the branches on that olive tree would begin to shake and those olives would be shaken loose and fall. Let me just say it like this. Some of us have people in our lives that we believe we can always depend on. And when we get dependent on those people and those things in life more than we depend on God, God has a way of shaking us loose from them. Amen. I'm preaching this message from pure experience. I know what I'm talking about today. I've lived it. (laughs) And those things will shake us loose from connections. In other words, you'll see friends you thought you could depend on, and all of a sudden they're not there for you anymore. Church members who said they'd always have your back and be there and be loyal, and all of a sudden they walk in and say, God, preacher God told me to go somewhere else. And many times when we face that, we have a tendency, come on, to get discouraged and get down. But I need to tell somebody there's a whole lot of shaking going on in your life right now, But you just need to understand God is getting ready to take you through a process because he's about to use you. Come on people coming in and out of your life, but there's a shaking going on. You've had to cry. You've had to weep through some lonely hours, but I declare there's a shaking going on, and if you'll just hold on to the one who's promised that he'll always be there, the one's promised that he'll always be faithful, my God will anoint you. My God will bring you through the process. It's just a process. Come on, you're gonna make it, but get ready. You're gonna have to go through some things if you wanna be anointed. You can just live an average, mediocre life and walk with God, but if you want to experience the supernatural, if you want God to use you in a mighty way, it's a process. Many times when God gets ready to do something in a man or a woman's life, He separates them. And it's not fun because there's some things that God can't do when we're in a crowd. When my wife had surgery, and many of you have had surgery, but just a couple of weeks ago, he separated her from me and those in the waiting area and took her back in isolation, the surgeon, so he could perform an operation to make her better. And when God wants to do surgery and work on us and use us, he will separate us and shake us loose sometimes and get us along so he can work on us and make us who he wants us to be. Why? Because there's too many people speaking into our lives sometimes and we can't discern Him. So when God is really about to use us, one of the signs is He'll cause us to walk by ourselves. I know it's tough. I know it's lonely. But hear me. Be encouraged today. If you've asked God to use you, it's a sign there's a shaking going on because God is preparing you for something greater. Then after the shaking, He gathers us and He says, they, they, they shook, there was a beating that went on, they shook the tree and they, they fell on the ground and they, they come and gather the olives, and then God will gather us and say, I'm going to allow you to be pounded now. And the rocks and, of trials and tribulations will start coming and start pounding on us. Anybody been through anything? Anybody ever been there when you felt like life was just beating on you and beating you up like the trials of life were beating you to a pulp? Thought about David in Psalms 27. In this chapter, he starts out with it like everything is great. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my strength. Of whom shall I be afraid? He said, I had some enemies, but when they came upon me, everything seemed good. But then at the end of 27 of that chapter, he stops and David gets real. Because in verse 13, he says this. He said, I would have fainted, except I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, David was saying, I know you heard what I said before, but the truth is that I almost died. I almost was beaten up. I almost didn't make it. I almost felt abandoned and threw in the towel, but I am where I am right now because God, you are faithful and you brought me through the process. Who am I preaching to today? You said, God, use me this year, but you feel like you've been shaken and you feel like life is pounding on you right now. Hold on. It's a process. Hallelujah. You've been beaten by the rocks of trials. You've gone through seasons of testing. So let me tell you what God is really about to use. You and really about to anoint you. He he will allow a season of testing to come. Because if He can trust you with what He's about to pour into your life. That's what makes a difference. Anybody, anybody can serve the Lord when everything's going good. Amen? Anybody can serve Him when we're blessed. But God says, the person I'm going to pour my anointing in has to be faithful enough to go through some trials and go through some storms and go through some setbacks and endure the blows of life. And we must understand that the anointing is going to cost us something. So after we've been pounded and we think there's hardly anything left, God says, I've got to take you through one more step i got to take you to the oil press. And that's the moment in your life when you feel like you are being squeezed. Anybody ever been there? You've been shaken. You've been beaten up. And now you're being pressed and squeezed. Poor little olive. But to get the oil out of it. Hear me. The oil press is where you feel like life is squeezing in on you. Trouble on your right, trouble on your left, behind you, on top of you, underneath you pressure here, pressure there, issues in your finances, issues in your family, issues in your kids, everything's squeezing, everything's pressing in, but listen to what Paul said. He must have been at the oil press because in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 8 through 10, he said, I'm troubled where? On every side, yet not distressed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. In other words, Paul said, I've been to the oil press wherever." Everything was squeezing in on me I don't know who I come to preach to today but you've gone through a shaking you've gone through a pounding and you're going through a squeezing right now and the devil has been trying to tell you the reason you're going through all this is because you're being punished or you're out of the will of God but I've come to tell you don't 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 take it as that God is saying I've got to take you through these things so I can use you it's a process You're going through it because you're about to be anointed. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I'm about to be anointed. Turn to your other neighbor and get more excited about it now because I promise you, you get anointed, you're you're going to be excited. Tell them, I'm about to be anointed. After that final step, when they begin to squeeze on those olives and the oil begins to flow out of the olive, I believe God is... And God is preparing somebody. There's a great quality of anointing that's about to flow out of somebody's life. <laughs> and when we ask for the anointing, you got to understand it's expensive. And if you hear this message and you decide you won't, don't want the anointing, then that's between you and God. I'm hungry for it. And you know what I found out? The anointing will cost you some friends. The anointing will cost you some relationships. The anointing will cost you sleepless nights. But thank God if you hang in there, He'll anoint you like He never has before. Who's willing today to pay the price? If you went, over to Ingalls this morning and I bought a bottle of olive oil, how much would you have to pay for it? And if you could ask that olive, he would tell you it cost me more than $9.99. He'd tell you I had to be squeezed. I bled in places I've never bled before. He'd tell you I've been through some things I can't even talk about. He'd say, I've got some bruises and wounds that took place. I never thought I'd have to have. But he'd also tell you what he'd also say is yes I went through all of that but he'd say the oil is in the bottle and it was worth the pain it was worth the suffering I don't know who I'm preaching to but somebody's being squeezed right now and I come to tell you the anointing is worth it it's worth it when you stand in front of the demons and tell them where to go in Jesus name and they gotta go the anointing's worth it it's worth it when you walk up to somebody and lay hands on the sick and watch them recover the anointing and everything you go through it to get it is worth it. Oh, praise God. When you can live a holy life at the same time the flesh is screaming out, don't do it. But I've come to tell somebody it's worth it. I have preached Under an anointing, and I preach without the anointing. And you better know, I'd better, I'd rather preach with the anointing than without the anointing. Hallelujah. The anointing, hallelujah. I'd rather have the anointing. I'd rather have the anointing than beautiful buildings and perfection of music. I'd rather have the anointing than programs. Because I've learned the anointing is what can save and heal and deliver and open hearts and open eyes. The anointing's worth it. After they would go through the process, they would take that oil and fill their lamps. And these five wise virgins would have to take the time every day to check the level of their oil. When's the last time you checked? the level of your anointing. I heard a story about a little kid in a field flying a kite. He let it get up so high he could not see it anymore. It had gone completely out of sight. His dad come along and said, where's your kite? He said, I don't see it. He said, well, it's up there. His dad said, how do you know it's up there? You can't see it. He said, because every once in a while I feel a little tug on it, When's the last time you checked your level of oil? I've, I've got some oil in my vessel today. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? Because but because my faith tells me so. And because I, even in this service today, even while I'm preaching now, I have felt the tug of the Holy Ghost at the end of the rope. And every now and then that tug makes me want to run when nobody's chasing me. Out of, it makes me want to weep like I've been doing when nobody's hurt me. It makes me laugh when nobody's tickling me. It makes me want to dance even when there's no, oh, I'm preaching better than y'all are letting on today. I still got all because I feel his tug. Anybody feel that today? Not only were there five wise virgins that had to pay the price for the oil to keep it in their lamps, but they also recognized the value of oil at midnight. Midnight symbolizes a crisis. A crisis hour throughout the Bible that every one of us will face. We'll face a midnight in our life that's going to test the level of anointing in our life. You hear me today, the anointing is not just for laying hands on the sick. The anointing is not just for the preacher and the singer and the teacher and the workers. The anointing will come on you and help you make it through the midnight crisis you're in. If you really want to know who's anointed, watch how somebody handles their midnight crisis. See if they can keep their joy whenever everything's falling apart. See if they can still walk with the Lord and lift their hands when everything around them is pressing them and squeezing them and nothing's going right. See if they keep their anointing and can still sing a song at the midnight hour even if they've been mistreated and talked about. That's how you know someone's been anointed by how they handle their midnight crisis. I was talking to someone this Wednesday night, and I've never said this. Maybe I've heard it and didn't realize it, but we were talking, and I said, sometimes it feels like your whole world is falling apart. And as soon as I got those words out of my mouth, the Holy Ghost quickened me, and immediately the words that come right behind that said, God says, though, everything's falling into place. I don't know who that's for. It ministered to me. These wise and foolish virgins are about to find themselves in a midnight crisis and it's going to reveal something about them. Come on, worship team, if you would. The midnight crisis had come upon them. They got up to trim their lamps. The wise had enough oil, the foolish did not. So they started trying to borrow oil from the wise, but the wise said, nope, not getting my oil. In other words, go get your own oil. Hear me today, church. There will come a time when you need to have your own oil. Thank God for mom and daddy's prayers. But there will come a midnight when we have to know God and know Him for ourselves. Thank God for preachers and prayer warriors But there will come a time when we must push our way into the throne room of God ourselves and say, God, I need you to anoint me. I need you to take me through this midnight trial because I know there's plenty of oil for everyone. There's no shortage. I don't need to depend on someone else to get it for me. I can have my own supply. In fact, I thank God for anointed Ministries. I thank God for anointed preachers and evangelists and pastors like Jensen Franklin, Hagee, going way back, T.L. Lowry. You hear of the Furticks. Thank God for churches and ministries. We hear of Maverick City. We hear of Elevation and Passion and all of these, but Mount Holly, let me tell you something today. We can have our own anointing here too. Our own oil today. We don't have to borrow from somebody else. He's got enough oil for everybody. The last thing the virgins did to keep oil in their lamps was they understood there's a consequence of not having oil. I don't have oil, something's going to happen. And the coming of the bridegroom back then, that's all they knew, all they lived for. The goal of the devil was to cause these virgins to be so distracted that they would miss out on their moment. And that moment was everything they lived for, hoped for. And let me tell you, the enemies at work right now, behind the scenes even right now, And I've never seen such a time where he's working on so many, trying to distract so many. That we have empty vessels and we have no oil left. We have no anointing. The devil wants you so empty and distracted that you will miss God's moment. God is creating moments. God is creating divine moments that will move you forward, that will bless you and your family, that will bless this church. Don't underestimate the power of a moment. The devil wants us to miss it. He wants us to get busy. He wants us to get distracted. That's what happened to the five foolish virgins. And when that moment came, they found themselves empty And in that moment, they tried to borrow. And the five wives said, no, you go to the marketplace. Get your own oil. And the Bible says when they left to go buy some oil, when they left, the bridegroom returned. And they missed their moment. They missed their moment. They missed their divine moment because they had no oil. How many doors have already closed on us? how many opportunities have come and gone because we were empty and we've been distracted and we've been focused on other things that really were no importance. The five wise virgins were willing to go through everything to make sure they did not miss that moment. I don't want to miss what God has for me in 2024. I don't want to miss that the moments God has for Mount Holly Church. But if I get distracted and preoccupied and busy and I let my oil run out, I'm going to miss it. And you are too. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, let's fill our vessels today with oil. Let's ask God to anoint us and fill our, yes, it may be a process, but can I tell you, the anointing is worth the beating. The anointing is worth the loneliness. The the anointing is worth the shaking. The anointing is worth the pressing and the squeezing. I've been through some things, but on the other side, to be able to walk under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and see him do some incredible things, I stand here flat-footed and declare it's been worth it because the anointing is worth it. And I don't want to miss any opportunity and moment God has for me and this church. If that's your heart today, get up on your feet, throw up your hands and say, God, anoint me. Fill me with all today, God. Pour it on me, God. Soak me in the all, Lord God, help me today. Oh, come on, somebody, cry out. Cry out today. The anointing is worth it. The anointing is worth it. When you're battling those kids and don't know what to do, the anointing of the Holy Ghost can come on you and you'll say, oh, I went through that for this. Yeah, it was worth it. The anointing, when it comes on you, you'll understand it was worth it.